Well, we're continuing on in a series on revival. I believe a great need, not only of for me and for our church, but our land, our nation. And the title of this message, Running and Revival. And I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. A good friend of mine who he and his boys, are uh, they love to run. And he had told me that he got this new watch, which was, I believe, made by Garmin. And man, this thing's incredible. When you run, it would tell you exactly how far you ran. It would tell you what your heartbeat was as you ran. Um, it would tell you the pace that that you were keeping up as you ran. I even had a GPS in there, man, to give you instructions of where you're going, make sure you got everything right. I mean, it's like this thing's so detailed. I'm just like, this is amazing. I thought, what's next? You know, will it go from informational to inspirational? Will you be running along and it starts talking to you? Come on, step it up! You need some energy! What are you out of here? You can do better than that. Or personally, I would rather hear, man, you've done a great job. Go in there and get you some water and a shower and take a nap. I'm proud of you. But running, you know, when you run... Those who love to run, there is a detail. They do care where they're running. They care how far they go. They care about how fast their pace is. There are details in the running that makes them a better runner. As we think about the Christian walk, and it's compared in the Scripture to a race, it matters. Guys, it is intentional how we run the race. And we're going to look at a character this morning in the Scripture that acts as an example of running not to God, but away from God. The truth of the matter is, we're always on the run. The question is, which direction? Are we running toward our God? Or are we running away from Him? And of course, revival happens when He gets our hearts and we run toward Him. What's interesting about this guy, if you had not figured out I'm talking about Jonah, is here was a guy who went where he didn't want to go to do what he didn't want to do because God got a hold of his heart and God was working everywhere around him. It seemed like everyone was running to God but the one who brought the message of God. He wanted to keep running away from God. So whereas there was an evangelistic crusade going on in Nineveh, There was no revival going on in Jonah. You know, I think it's kind of nuts as I look at this. I mean, you would think any preacher, any evangelist, when the people get fired up and they come running down the altar with tears, fall on their knees, give their hearts to God, humbled, broken, ready to listen to the voice of God, you'd think, man, that would set the preacher on fire! And he'd be running around and all of a sudden go from uh, Baptist to super alive. Sometimes we're kind of... But that's not what happens. And, And so I guess the message in this is that in an evangelistic crusade where God is working everywhere else, the question is, is He working in me? Because the bottom line is, although I want to control everyone else and everything... This is really where it starts. Am I submitted to God? 
Am I experiencing revival? What's happening in me? And, and so, let's look at uh, Jonah here. Matter of fact, one of his biggest problems was that in the midst of this evangelistic crusade where many were getting saved, he had the Frank, Frank Sinatra complex. He wanted to be able to say above all else, oh, I did it my way. And that wasn't enough. Well, let's... Uh, we're going to be kind of bouncing around looking through the book of Jonah as we look at these truths. But I want to read just a couple of verses for our reading this morning. I'm going to ask you to um, look at Jonah 3, verse 10, and we're going to read through verse 3 of chapter 4. So stand in God's honor as I'm going to read from the text. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we're here, God, and um, we see each other, but not as deeply as you see us. We catch a glimpse of those around us, Lord. But you see the heart of each and every one of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be honest about that today. That we would just ask the simple question, which way am I running? Am I running toward God or away from Him? And God, may you just work as we continue. I I sense your spirit today and I'm grateful. God, I'm always overwhelmed by the privilege of being able to Bring forth your word, God. And I'm also very aware of the fact that unless your Holy Spirit fills and anoints, nothing can be heard of significance, God. Nothing can be said either. And so, Lord, I just plead with you, God, for a filling of your spirit and a spilling among the people, Lord, of your truth. So have your way, Master. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. First thing I want you to notice here is that Jonah received a message from God. A call. God wanted him to go to this place called Nineveh. Uh, Turn with me to the very, let's look at the very start of the book of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. So Jonah receives this message straight from God. Go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. God gave Jonah a specific mission. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to go. As a matter of fact, in the next verse... Look what it says he did. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. 
And he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship for that port. And after paying the fare, he headed that way. Why? To flee from the Lord. What's going on in this guy? He's a servant of the Lord. He's God's spokesman. Um, You know, some of us not only look like we've lost our fire, we look like the pilot lights out. And in, in the case of Jonah at this time, he, he's certainly not looking toward the light. Seems like his pilot light is out as he's running the opposite direction. He's, he's moving away from God instead of heading toward Him. And I want to point out here that um, Jonah, he didn't want to go to the Ninevites because, man, they were a cruel, wicked people. And God knew about it. It says that God told him to go and, and, and to speak against that. And I think Jonah was for that. Man, I want to nail them. This is a bunch of thugs. And God, I want you to send down the thunder and the, forget the thunder, the lightning and just charbroil them. Cook them good to a crisp. That was Jonah's heart. That's what he wanted to see happen to this group of people. God was aware of it. Uh, matter of fact, as you look at this, there not a whole lot said here uh, about their sinfulness. It uses the word wickedness here. And it's the same word that's used in Genesis 6. Turn over there real quickly. I want to take just a moment and look at Genesis 6 because the same word is used uh, in this account that's used of the Ninevites. And remember, this is the story of Noah, the account of Noah, that he was a righteous man. But anyway, in verse 11, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. Verse 13, So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Same word. There was a violence. There was a cruelty among the people. You know, as it says so in the King James, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. There was no sense of compassion. And, and people were, 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 just, were just mean to one another. And, and, and the Ninevites... They displayed kind of wickedness, guys. This word, as you looked at those ancient people, they would go into a land of the enemies, they would maim people, they would cut off hands, feet, uh, they would behead people. Um, they were, man, they, they had no compassion toward the enemy. And, and God spoke about this, and it caught God's attention. And, and although it doesn't go into detail here about what that wickedness was, I'm sure as God, who's a God of compassion, heard the cries and the moans of the victims of the people who were being so mistreated, who were being treated so cruelly, it caught God's attention. And Jonah knew about it too. Jonah didn't like those people. Jonah didn't think that they deserved any kind of mercy from God. He wanted to go. He wanted to preach against them. And I'll be honest with you guys, as I thought about this, you know what instantly came to my mind? Was the extremist Muslim terrorist groups. You know, and and I even started looking back through there. You remember a couple of years ago when we had a couple of Americans and they actually had videoed it, videotaped it and 
you know, showed this American journalist being beheaded, having his head cut off. And I thought, well, I wonder if that's out there. And so, you know, man with the internet. I looked it up and, and sure enough, there it was. And I watched about 10 seconds and I, you know, when they take the knife and start and I'm like, no, I don't want to see this. You know, and so I cut it off and, and I thought about that cruelty done in the name of God. And, and then I saw other stuff, you know, like maimings of, of people. And, and, uh, you know, just this, just this hatred, man. And that's what the word speaks of. It speaks of a wickedness. It speaks of a hatred. And the word doesn't even necessarily mean the action itself, you know, as we think of being beheaded or maimed. But it also means the hate that's inside. That if you had the opportunity, you would do this to the person. You know, you'd, you'd maim them or you would kill them. That kind of hate. And, and I thought about those people that just hate people they don't even know and, and are filled with hate and, and, a, and a desire to destroy and, and how that breaks God's heart. And I thought, Jonah, I, I'm kind of getting it. I'm kind of catching a glimpse of why you didn't want to go to Nineveh. Why you, why you didn't want to go and speak about God and who God is. Because you wanted them to fry but you also know how our God is, who's a God of compassion. And so Jonah, he, he ran the other way. He went the other way. And guys, um, he, had a, he had a heart to, to see the people destroyed, but he also knew how, how God is, how he, how he reaches out, how He is willing to save even those who seem so undeserving. <laughs> You know, man, I'll tell you what's the truth. I used to ask God some of these things. I said, Lord, I'd like to be the Holy Spirit for an hour. I've got some work to do. There's some stuff around the world that needs to be straightened out. And he said, my son, you destroy the world. And that's probably true. Probably true. You know, as, as I look at this and as Jonah... heads out, as he thinks of these people, I think a revival, the word revive means to live again. Instead of running toward God, Jonah ran away from God. And guys, you, most of you know the story. You don't really run away from God. You might think you're running away from God, but he, he's kind of big. He's kind of hard to get away from. This, uh, this is from Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. Man, he's running away, but he can't really run away. He gets on this ship, he heads the wrong direction. There's this great storm that comes, and and uh, Jonah knows what's going on. God's trying to get his attention, and there he's like, throw me overboard. And the people are like, no way, dude. We don't want to get God angry with us. We're not going to throw you overboard. He's like, really, you need to throw me overboard. <laughs> so, you know, so they throw him overboard, and he gets swallowed by this big fish. Now, it's easy to think it's a whale. Most of us have. But it says big fish. So he's swallowed by this big fish. I guess that would get my attention too. Wouldn't it yours? Here you are underwater in the sea, in the belly of a big fish. Good time to pray. Distractions are no longer there. My rebellious attitude of running away from the Lord. I need the Lord. I can't get out of this mess. Here I am. 
Matter of fact, maybe you heard this. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, a new believer who's on fire for God, you know, and he sits by this. She sits by this intellectual on an airplane, and uh, she, uh, she's reading in the Book of Jonah. The intellectual says, "You don't really believe that stuff about Jonah, do you?" She says, "What do you mean? That Jonah was swallowed by a big fish? You don't really believe that, do you?" She says, "Yeah." Why do you believe that? Well, it's, the Bible says I believe it. He says, well, how do you, how'd that happen? How do you know? She says, I have no idea. She says, when I die and I go to heaven, I'll ask Jonah about it. The intellectual says, well, what if Jonah's not in heaven? He says, well, then you can ask him about it. But here's Jonah. He's in the belly of the fish. God gets his attention, spits him out on the ground, and he finally heads to obey God's call. He finally heads out to share mercy. He finally heads out to speak of the grace to a people that were undeserving, but aren't we all? And and as he heads out, he, 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 he speaks to them. Guys, um... As I thought about this with God's call, you know, it's easy to say, man, that Jonah, he ran away from God. But each of us also has the capability to run away from God instead of toward Him. Just a few thoughts I wrote as I thought about it. Um, Maybe the Lord wants you to give far beyond what you want to give financially. Maybe you're running away from him in that area. Maybe the Lord wants you to pray for a certain person and eventually talk to that person about the good news of Jesus Christ and you keep running away and God says, I want you to go direction, my direction toward that person. Maybe God's calling you to serve Him in a specific way in this body, Kingsway Baptist Church, for His glory to do His service and you keep saying, no, I'm not ready. My advice, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter the specifics of it. The bottom line is to run away from God is a miserable place to be. The best thing to do is to say, Okay, God, you show me what you want and show me what I need to do to move that direction and obey you. And that is the place of peace and that's the place where you need to be regardless of the other circumstances that surround you. God will provide. You see, Jonah, he was running from God's willingness to forgive the undeserving. Uh, matter of fact, look, turn to Jonah chapter 4 and let's look at this. Uh, again, I know we read this in our uh, initial reading. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That's why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. In other words, guys, Jonah knew God. He walked with God. He hated the Ninevites, but he knew that as evil as they were, God loved them. And he was afraid that the God who had shown mercy to him would show mercy to them. And that's why he didn't want to go. That's why he didn't want to speak. Because he wanted those guys to end up charbroiled, not forgiven. That's why he wanted to run the wrong direction. You see, people were being uh, forgiven all around him. People were discovering the mercy and the grace of God. 
But not Jonah. He was missing revival. They were being brought to life from spiritual death. He knew life, but was acting more like he didn't. And he was missing the chance to be revived and renewed and restored to where God wanted him to be. Matter of fact, let's just briefly look in chapter 3 of of going through this amazing uh, evangelistic crusade. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Let's try this again, Jonah, all right? <laughs> Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started in the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. And look at this next verse. This is awesome, guys. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. What a picture. God sweeping the land of Nineveh, a place marked by wickedness, by cruelty, by evil. And they're broken because they believed God. They believed that God's judgment was on the way. And and so they humbled themselves before God. They decided they were going to fast. They, they wanted to show God that they wanted to change. They wanted mercy. The greatest to the least. And, and even the king, it says, when the news reached the king, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. <laughs> and then he, he issued this proclamation throughout all Nineveh. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from His fierce anger so that we will not perish. Guys, they were the most wicked of the wicked. They were the ones that, you know, it's easy to look at, you know, like these extremists and say, man, they deserve it, God. And yet, they were broken. Yet, they believed God. Yet, they said, God, who knows you may choose, even though I don't deserve it, to show your mercy, God. And so I'm going to humble myself, Lord. I want to show you that I mean it, Lord. And and when they did that, God responded. Look look what it says here at the end of chapter 3. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, He had compassion and did not bring upon them destruction. He had threatened. So Jonah's worst fear happened. God showed mercy to those who didn't deserve it. Those who were enemies, those who men should pay. God forgave. And He reached out and He touched them. A couple of things here. uh, First, God does not want anyone, anyone to, to be condemned but to come to repentance. Um, scripture says that in Second Peter chapter 3, says it in First Timothy 3, uh, 1 um, or 2. That's God's heart, guys. He cares about people. He, he cares about the second chance. He cares about forgiveness. And second truth here, um, God doesn't need our permission to extend His mercy. He doesn't need my approval. He doesn't need my permission. He doesn't have to do it my way. 
It seems insane that he would provide hope to the ones who dashed the hope of others. But that's exactly what he did. And look at Jonah's response. Uh, verse 1. Jonah was greatly displeased and he became angry before the Lord. Now, uh, a warning here. I thought about this. And I, you know, I'm, I can be so mean myself. Jonah was so busy looking out at the Ninevites who deserved judgment that he forgot that he had received God's mercy and forgiveness himself. He forgot that he too was a sinner. That he too needed God's forgiveness and hope. And when we as a church, if we're not careful, we can do that same thing. We can look around us, and, and I don't want to start labeling and stereotyping all the sins and the different groups and the people, but you know who they are. And if we're not careful, we just look around and we say, Look at those people, man! What a bunch of trash! I mean, after all, God, you just zap them. I mean, get them out of here. I hate to even look at them. I have to listen to them or deal with them. God, just zap them. Just get them out of the way. And what happens if if that becomes our focus, if that becomes our thrust, if that becomes what we're known for, what we're marked by, then we miss the grace of God. You see? The truth of the matter is, I am a sinner saved by grace, and so are you. And guys, that should be our heartbeat. Guys, we should never forget that we do not deserve heaven. That we do not deserve what was paid for at Calvary. None of us are so good and so big and got it so together that we didn't need Jesus to go to the cross. And when we look out there, I don't care, man, the people, they may not come to God, they may not turn to God, but that is not the heart God wants us to have for them. God wants us to pray for them. God wants us to love them. God wants us to, to walk in grace, guys. Matter of fact, listen to this from Lamentations 3, 21-23. He says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, what happened to Jonah? He didn't get his way. I mean, look at him in chapter 4. Man, there was this great evangelistic crusade. The, I mean, the whole city, from the greatest to the least, gave their hearts to God. And he was mad about this. He was angry about it. Well, you know, what a picture this is. And he said, the reason I'm mad is, I knew you'd forgive them. I knew you were a gracious God. I knew you were slow to anger. I knew you were abounding in love. Oh, God. He says, I just want to die now. And the Lord said to him, verse 4, Have you any right to be angry? So Jonah went out and he sat down, placed east of the city, made a shelter, wanted to see what would happen to the city. The Lord God provided a vine, made it grow over Jonah to give him shade, ease his discomfort. But Jonah still was moaning and groaning. Very unhappy, it says. At dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. Then He provided a scorching wind. sun blazed on Jonah's head. Jonah grew faint. (laughs) He said, I want to die. It would be better for me to die than live. 
And then God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? He says, I'm angry enough to die, God. The Lord said, you've been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. And many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? We just so naturally want to think about ourselves. I do too. Jonah was so busy having a pity party. And you know the thing about a pity party? No one else wants to come. He was so busy having a pity party. He missed it. He missed a chance for revival. He missed a chance to live again. He missed a chance to ride the waves of God's glory. All this great stuff God was doing. And he missed it because he was pouting. He missed it. And God forbid that I miss what God's up to around me. God forbid that I miss what He wants to do because He's not doing it the way I think He should. You know, I have my opinion, but I'm starting to learn that God is not so concerned about my opinion. He's God. Matter of fact, I wrote these notes. I'm almost at the end. Hang with me. Uh, Any of us can fall victim. I wrote, we think it should be done this way. We think they should have listened more fervently to my opinion on the matter. We pout over the job others are doing, but fail to understand our pouting doesn't make anything better. We need to get a new attitude. We need to see through new eyes. We need to be revived to live again. This may also mean that we need to forgive somebody. See, what was going on here? Jonah did not want to forgive the Ninevites, and he didn't want to forgive God, because God didn't do what he wanted. Man, we can miss life. We can miss blessing. We can miss the revival God wants to send because we're so busy pouting over things not going the way we prefer. It can happen. It may not happen to me. It may not happen to you guys that I love. You see, it may be that today some one of us here or a few of us here are holding on to something. And it's keeping the fire of revival from moving throughout this body. Well, man, I pray this is the time it gets dealt with. Who knows, you might be the little spark that God will use to light the fire around here. (laughs) And that God will use to, to bring forth a fresh display of His power. Um, we have an altar that's open. We have a chance to pray. And, and if God leads you guys, I, I, I need revival. I, I think all of us need a, just to live again. Just to, man, just to remember who we are and what it's about. And we just get so distracted and off course. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Uh, Clara Barton, the founder of the Red Cross, was hurt by a person. And years later, she was asked, I said, do you remember what that person did to you? And she said, no, I don't. I said, oh, come on. Don't you remember how that person hurt you? And she said, no. You've got to remember what that person did to you. She says, no, I distinctly remember forgetting what that person did to me. You see, guys, that's forgiveness. Forgiveness is that you don't totally forget the offense. It's that you choose to not live in bitterness 
over the offense, but to say, I forgive. I don't know where you are, but I know you need God like me. We're going to have a chance to respond to Him. I just pray that as you listen to God's voice, you just do what He says. Let's pray. Lord, thank You uh, for a chance to speak about running and revival, about Jonah. But Lord, uh, this is not about Jonah. This is about me. This is about each of us here. And revival happens and spreads but it begins in the individual heart. And uh, God, begin in me. May that be the prayer throughout this building, Lord. And may you move. And may we not be able to deny it. But Lord, may we be able to say, there goes God. So Lord, glorify your name. Revive us again. In your name we pray. Amen.